Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship to all who would stand for the Reformation of Christ's Church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together for gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. We are a ministry of union. Greetings and welcome back to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. This is season two. We're so glad that you've joined us. If you missed season one, it's all there for you to go back and, and enjoy. My name is Justin Shell, your host, and we're so glad that you've joined us. We pray that our time together strengthens your heart in the gospel, your joy in the Lord, and your hands for works of ministry. We're starting off the season in excited fashion, we've got Dane Ortland with us for three episodes. And in this first episode, we're going to talk with Dane about the first year of a pastor. So he's going to look back over his first year as pastor at Naperville Presbyterian Church. And we're going to look at lessons learned. We're going to pull out some nuggets of, of wisdom of things to do, things not to do. So if you are a first year pastor, or if you know one, or if you just want to maybe soak in uh, some of the lessons that uh, that one pastor has learned in his journey, uh, we know you're going to benefit from this episode. So we're, we're going to jump right in right now. Dane, thank you so much for being with us here on the Reformation Fellowship. Oh, what a joy. It's my pleasure to do so, Justin. Yes, and we get you for three conversations. And um, this first one, I'm really excited because it it feels almost real time because right. you are you're wrapping up <laughs> year one at Naperville Presbyterian Church. You, I believe your first sermon was October 11th last year. You are exactly right. Good memory. And so how's the year gone? <laughs> I am having a ton of fun. Number one. Number two, I am in way over my head. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so we're having an absolute blast. And uh, the, the, the challenges are many outside of me and inside of me. I am my own worst enemy on those days. Uh, but we're, uh, we're enjoying it. Um, I love this church. I've been a part of the church for 14 years, as you know, with my family. So I yeah. wasn't new to the church. Uh, absolutely. But I certainly was new in a pastoral role. So it's yeah. been a good year, a fruitful year, uh, a, a difficult year, a growing uh, forced year. And um, I'm learning a ton and I have a lot more to learn. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. And I'm just so thankful that you are willing to, to kind of be our guinea pig today to let us take a, a pastor one year into the, into the role and put them under the microscope. So you're you're a brave man, <laughs> and I know that some of our listeners are going to just really benefit, whether it's their first year or maybe their 21st year in their role. So um, we, what we want to do is try to pull out of you lessons learned from the first year of pastoring. So if it's okay, mm -hmm. I, I want to start just by walking us through maybe some areas of ministry responsibility mm -hmm. and spend a few moments exploring your experiences, your takeaways, and Lessons learned, if that's okay. Does that sound all right? You bet. All right. Awesome. Well, why don't we start with preaching then? What did you preach 
in year one and, and why'd you do it and how'd it go? Well, uh, okay. The last question, how to go is I have absolutely no idea. You'd have to ask the people listening, but what I preached on, as you said, on starting on October 11th was seven. I said, okay, I got seven Sundays between now and Advent. Mm-hmm. I want to seize the moment. I don't want to wade in. I don't want to ease in like, you know, going into a cold swimming pool, tiptoeing in. It's just excruciating. I wanted to jump in. So I, I said, what are the seven things that um, we are never going to stop talking about, singing about, praying and rejoicing and repenting our way into as long as I am uh, in this role? And so week one was Jesus. Number two, gospel. Uh, life, I called the third one, which is basically Holy Spirit. Um, mm. uh, scripture prayer, discipleship, heaven. Those were the seven, we kind of, I didn't call them this at the time, but we, we wound up, the elders and I affectionately referring to those as the seven pillars, and they're being built into our, you know, new membership classes and that kind of thing. So that was really fun to do, really fun to do. It was expositional, it was doing it out of scripture, but those were right. seven topics. And then, brother, after Advent, uh, four weeks for Christmas, we went into Galatians, that was a very deliberate decision. So we just wrapped that up 18 weeks in Galatians in the first half of 2021 and uh, took it in bite-sized portions. Uh, every week I thought, oh, my good grief. I need three months to do this paragraph. Mm. There's way yeah. too much there. Um, but uh, we didn't want to be in it forever. And the reason that I wanted to do Galatians is not because our church has never heard the gospel or doesn't love it. It's because uh, I believe, as Luther believed, that left in neutral, the inertia of our hearts is to slide away from wonder at the gospel, from heart traction with the totally black and white, fully gratuitous, justifying gospel all the way down. High octane, industrial strength, grace. And I mm. want us to get totally clear on that all over again. Um, and uh, so we started with Galatians. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so that was 18, 18 weeks, and then you guys jumped into the Psalms, is that right? That's right, yeah, we had a few one-offs as I was out of town in June, then we're now in the Psalms. Uh, I wanted to go from New Testament to Old, and also from the, uh, the, 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 uh, the prose and high theology and long sentences of Paul to the poetry um, of the, the Psalms, especially coming out of the pandemic and everything. We need the Psalms as much as we ever have. Mm-hmm. And so it's just nine weeks until we get to the end of the summer, but I'm loving being in the Psalms, really enjoying it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So that's, that's year one of preaching. You, uh, kind of laid a foundation with these seven pillars, jumped into Galatians as a, as a reminder, as a, um, let's let's soak ourselves in in the gospel, mm-hmm. um, delighting in that, looking at, at it, and 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 remembering it's got nothing to do with with our performance. We don't right. bring anything to God. That's right. And um, and now rejoicing with the psalmists sounds like a good year. Oh well, I'm enjoying it. I mean, no <laughs> one's learning more than me. Yeah. And getting more help than me. And uh, if I can take a few people with me in that help, then God be mm. praised. Mm. Well, let's, um, let's move on from preaching to pastoring and shepherding. 
What lessons have you learned in this year of walking with your people as their pastor? Well, what an amazing privilege and honor. I can hardly believe that God has allowed me to do this. I feel the sacred weight of responsibility of it. Um, I, I, I think I would have to say I find pastoring harder than preaching. The both are overlaid and connected. You can't be absolutely one or the other, but I, um, you know, studying a text and getting up and letting it rip, that has its own challenges and adversities before, during, and after. But pastoring people is such a delicate skill. Um, and uh, and I uh, <laughs> probably the answer to every question you're asking me today, brother, is I don't know. I'd like to learn how to do that. But a couple <laughs> of things, a couple of things come to mind. One, um, I want to keep growing and learning that pastoring people is is watering, not crowbarring. It's it's um, it's gently, tenderly uh, encouraging with rebuke as needed. But it's it's you know if you touch a sea anemone, it closes up, and that's what we're all like as people. I, I don't want to poke people. I want to love and encourage people up into growth. So that's a matter of kind of watering a garden. You don't see change day to day, but you do month to month, year to year. Uh, that's certainly true in my own life. None of us changes quickly. Uh, another thing I've learned, uh, uh, wow. Another thing I've learned is my main tool, my most valuable tool in pastoring is my tears, not my books. And mm -hmm. I love books. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> you and I both <laughs> uh, love to read and learn and grow and be stimulated intellectually, theologically, doctrinally. Amen. Let's keep doing that. But when people are in anguish, when uh, a, a, a one-year-old dies, as mm -hmm. happened this spring, um, that, that uh, congregant doesn't need uh, theological precision from me. They need solidarity in misery mm -hmm. from me. They need me to be not looking at them face-to-face, -face, but standing next to them side-to-side -side, and to shut up. That's what they need from me, to be silent and simply with them. The ministry of silent presence. That's something I'm learning and, and want to keep learning. Yeah. yeah. Can I just ask a, a follow-up question there? I know you guys have had, as a, in your own family, challenges, sufferings. Um, when you, because you, you've kind of highlighted how to pastor the suffering, when you think of how the Lord's used your own suffering uh, to prepare for or to um, to uh, enable uh, to to give some bit of wisdom. Uh, mm -hmm. do, do you see that? I, I think for sure. Paul, Second Corinthians. Mm. I, I comfort with the same comfort with which I've been comforted. Right. How has that looked in those moments? Yeah, thank you for that, Justin. I mean, I, I would not want to communicate what I have heard some other sufferers communicate, which is, um, I'm so glad I suffered because now I can minister to others and people who haven't suffered can't. Sometimes there's almost a kind of a, a self-righteous <laughs> sufferer who says, I now have the power to solace people in a way no one else does. Maybe at some mm -hmm. level that's true, but I, I would not want to communicate that. How awful. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, um, like my dad says, deep pain deepens us when we, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death and, uh, uh, um, and know God's presence for you are with me, 
know God's presence in a way that we wouldn't uh, otherwise as deeply. It's not like we've changed our theology. It's not even like we we now enjoy God and have God in a way we didn't. It just deepens. Um, that does um, accelerate and strengthen and give greater wisdom to the way in which we move toward others. And mm-hmm. that is a salutary, painful, salutary uh, blessing um, of, uh, of pain. And you're right. It's right there in the Bible, 2 Corinthians mm-hmm. 1. Well, we talked about preaching. We've, we've hit on pastoring just a, just a bit. And, and you'd mentioned earlier, you, you've been at the church for, for years now, over a decade, mm-hmm. but you're stepping into leadership uh, or maybe a new, a new role of leader I'm not, as lead pastor. Um, there, you're stepping into a church where there's already existed staff, elders, volunteers, a history of how others have led. Yeah. Um, what have you learned about stepping into leadership and and working with others in the church? Maybe you could take it towards leadership, towards teamwork, mm. towards mm. whatever the Lord's really been teaching you this year. Hmm. I do love being part of a team and uh, a couple of things come to mind. One is um, I'm learning. I need to assume I have under communicated mm. with my team, with the whole congregation. Uh, it might feel to me <laughs> like I have said it plenty of times yeah. uh, when the event is what the program is what my heart is for something what this text says uh, I haven't said it enough it's almost impossible to over communicate so I want mm. there to be a healthy redundancy of communication um, that's that's good that's good um, another thing is I said to the elders last summer as they were interviewing me and I don't know if I <sighs> If I do this, I hope so. It's what, it's what I aspire to. I want to neither be autocratic nor democratic as a leader. Uh, neither, uh, neither autocratic, um, totally divorced from the thoughts and uh, counsel and wisdom of my team and of the church, nor um, saying, okay, what do you all want to do? And the loudest voices in the room or the, the biggest number of people wins. That's I don't see either of those in the scripture. Um, rather, I want to I want to listen and then lead. Mm. I want to listen to what others are saying. What are the elders thinking and saying? What are my, what's my staff thinking? Okay, I've heard you. Thank you. Here's what I heard you yeah. to say. Here's what I heard you to say. Did I hear you right? Okay, good. Thank you. Let's pray about it. Okay, now here's the direction we're going. Um, that's neither autocratic nor democratic. So that's the kind of leadership I, I think people respond to them. Mm. They want to be heard. But at the end of the day, they do want you to lead. They don't want you to look to them to tell you what to do. Uh, and so that's a, a delicate dance. Um, I'm sure I've botched it many times and will continue to, but that's what I aspire to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other, other leadership lessons? Uh, just, uh, just this, I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's any secret sauce to leadership myself, Justin. I know leadership is a big, big, big topic in the church and outside of the church today. I, and I want to keep learning from the scripture, praying my way forward, uh, listening to other leaders and, and growing and, and just operating day by day, minute by minute in functional trust in the Lord moving forward. I mean, if I do that, it has to turn out well. 
Um, mm. I guess one other thing I would say is I do I do like a lot of the leadership books. Just read a John Cotter book. He's he's a, a Harvard uh, you know business school prof. Very helpful. Um, leading change as we were casting a new vision at the church. I found that helpful, but I want that to be the minor chord, not the major chord to how I'm working as a leader mm -hmm. operating. I want the new Testament mm -hmm. to be my major chord in what is informing and shaping and fueling how I work as a leader. I know it's not a leadership book uh, in the sense that we think of leadership literature today, but um, I don't want to have my mind and heart shaped by secular leadership literature and then uh, baptize that with the occasional Bible verse. Mm. I want it to be the reverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Before we get back to our conversation, we want to let you know how you can become a member of the Reformation Fellowship. You've heard our heart here in interviews. You, you hear it every time a new episode opens up you hear we, we're here to gather like-minded like-hearted gospel ministers to uh, know one another to encourage one another and to partner together for the reformation of christ church worldwide that's what we're about and if that's your heart you can go to reffellowship.org and register a free membership that gets you access to some some discounts some free goodies access to we're going to do some live live conversations through zoom with church leaders with leading theologians and scholars as well so go there to to find out all about the benefits of membership but i do want to draw your attention to one more benefit march 22nd 2022 in naperville illinois we're going to host a reformation fellowship gathering it is a gathering for members of the fellowship and special invitees only so we hope you'll join the fellowship and we also hope you will consider joining us for what we're calling the Welcome to the Fellowship Gathering. This is a gathering of pastors, planters, theologians, and leaders seeking to know and encourage each other, as well as to consider an invitation to greater gospel unity and partnership. The schedule will include plenary addresses by leaders such as Michael Reeves, Dane Ortland, and Dustin Binge, as well as specific times for intentional networking and fellowship. It's a one-day gathering hosted by Naperville Presbyterian Church there in Naperville, Illinois. Again, go to reffellowship.org to join the Reformation Fellowship and to find details about the Welcome to the Fellowship gathering. That's March 22nd, 2022. We hope you'll put it on your calendar and we hope to see you there. So we, we've, we've talked about preaching, pastoring, leading, um, um, let's move away for a second from these areas of ministry and, and just kind of when you think big picture, when you think over this first year, what went better than you thought it would this year? And, mm. and maybe we'll throw a why on there. <laughs> mm. Well, I had some a couple things come to mind immediately, Justin. Thank you for that question. I had some trepidation about um moving into this and what it would mean for my marriage. And I have to say, my wife has been an absolute champ. She has stepped up into her role as my uh, uh, um, chief supporter, encourager. And I, I am so, so grateful for how that has gone. Um, another thing is, I, my, uh, my number two guy, my associate pastor, I did not expect it to go 
badly with him, but I did not know just how much fun I would have working at his side. And so I'm very grateful. That's been a major blessing in my life. And I have told him this repeatedly because when you're helped by someone, you have to tell them or else it, 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 we just have to do that, encourage each other. Um, he has been a huge blessing in, uh, in my life. So those, those are a couple of relationships that have been so profoundly precious and meaningful to me. Um, but lots and lots has gone well. A lot has gone well that I haven't even observed or am aware of Um, Mm -hmm. God's hand of blessing has been on it. I, I am so grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then on the flip side, are there things that didn't go as well as you thought they would? Or they well, maybe mm-hmm. um, what were the most some of the most challenging parts of year number yeah. one? Well, uh, probably the most challenging parts, I would not feel free to say into a, a podcast like this, but I'll mention sure. one thing that that can't that is safe to share. That is uh, it's been a real challenge to maintain emotional equilibrium. Mm. Uh, when I was spending my 10 years at Crossway, that was a, we worked hard together, but it was that, that did not tap into the whole person in the way that pastoring did that did not drain me emotionally and psychologically as well as mentally and physically and interpersonally, Mm. the emotional and psychological layers to shepherding, especially I'm thinking of preaching actually right now, the ramp up to it, the activity of it. And then the 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 uh, in the wake of it, the way you come crashing down, what goes up must come down, is uh, very difficult to navigate. Um, I am I'm a bit of a zombie on Mondays and mm. Tuesdays my day off. So I I'm 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 starting to learn. Dane on Monday, don't make decisions. Don't have important <laughs> meetings. Uh, just do innocuous things. Uh, read the scripture. Tank up. Um, take care of little details. Things like that. Um, uh, so maintaining emotional equilibrium, uh, that has been a real challenge for me. I actually, I have not figured it out yet. Mm. And, um, uh, so I need to grow in that. So for our, our listeners, that's a, that's one prayer point that can be praying for you. Well, um, we've discussed some, uh, some things that have gone well, some things that have been a piece of your ministry. That's been a challenge. Um, you mentioned a moment ago, your wife and family. And I'd like to kind of dig into that a little bit. How do you think the transition has gone for your family Um, and any advice for, for new pastors caring for their families in year one? Uh, Maybe it's advice you've heard. Maybe it's just uh, something that you you've tried this year and and it's, it's gone well. Any, any thoughts there? Uh, how has it gone with my family? It's been hard. Mm-hmm. It's been mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, it's been uh, not only hard, but it has been hard. Uh, when uh, my, uh, the, uh, what do you call it, the charge, uh, Presbyterians have what they call a pastoral charge. When a new pastor is installed, is our formal language for it, in a new church, uh, there's a charge, which is like a mini sermon from a guest preacher to the new pastor. Phil Riken, president of Wheaton College, came and did that here in Naperville. And his charge to me was, Dane, don't neglect your family. He read some scripture and mm-hmm. he said, Dane, you know, I, I, I know you expected something more spiritual, perhaps, or more uh, ministry related or church related. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most, uh, the number one thing I want to say to you, brother, is don't neglect 
your family. And that was a word of season for me. I have five mm-hmm. kids uh, for the listeners, uh, four boys and a girl, ages 14 down through five. Um, and being a dad was already hard for me. So I'm, uh, it, it, so it's like all the, the, the pressures were heightened in terms of time with the kids, in terms of emotional energy with them, uh, one-on-one attention. Um, we have had many tactical victories as a family and with the kids, um, but uh, it is not easy. The enemy hates what I am doing, and he hates healthy family life, and that's where he loves to try to worm his way in. And I just need to keep preaching to myself, Dane, better to let the ministry drop and have a family than let your family drop and have a ministry. Better to have um, glory privately and uh, lose everything publicly than glory publicly and lose everything privately. I do Mm -hmm. believe that. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing to actually function in accord with that day by day when there's so many emails to write. So, um, uh, you know, some of the literature coming out by church leaders, such as by Dave Harvey, is on uh, plurality, the the vital necessity of plurality of eldership and a pastoral Mm. leadership. I'm feeling the uh, wisdom of that. And it's right there in the New Testament, of course. So um, uh, we need to we do need to lock arms and and um, bear the burdens of church leadership as a team and yeah. uh, not as a, a solo individual. Yeah. Yeah. Any any one thing that you did over this year that you're you're most thankful that you made that decision, uh, whether it's the, the way you calendar with family or um, prioritize anything come to mind? Um, well, I, I set aside time with each of my kids deliberate one-on-one time. So a few weeks ago, I took one of them out of town for a few days, uh, for an intentional time away. And that's, um, I mean, that's a joy for me to do. It's not a sacrifice, but it does mean, um, ministry things pile up while I'm not doing that. I'm so glad that, uh, I am doing that because the, um, the, 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 the hallway, the passing in the hallway at home does not give me the kind of eyeball to eyeball looking in the face interaction with my kids that I need and that they need. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I need to work on the, the daily, I need to grow in, in family devotions and in the daily family disciplines, but I am very glad for that extended one-on-one time that I'm uh, getting with each of the kids last night. Uh, one of the kids returned from four days away at camp and he and I spent some time together. Um, so I, I remember my dad doing that and how much it meant. And I want to mm. keep doing that. Well, family is, is important uh, for the pastor. And this next topic you'd have to say would be even more important. Um, your walk with the Lord, your uh, devotional life, your intimacy with Jesus how did that grow? How was it challenged? What, what did that look like in year number one? Um, it had to grow. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't survive if it didn't. Mm-hmm. It, I could, because every, my, I mean, all of life is so, is so, I mean, I'm in the pressure cooker. Yeah, another Sunday's coming, all these meetings, the criticisms coming in, the, um, all the adverse amid many joys. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, I think what I found, Justin, is 
um, my morning devotional time has suffered. It has suffered. It has, uh, I have allowed it too easily to get squeezed out too frequently. Um, and if it, if I, if I plan to do it later in the day, I'll often do it later in the day, but then I'm distracted because I have a partial day's worth of distractions built up in my psyche. So I have to, I have to spend time, spend time with the Lord first thing when my mind is most blank. It's not totally blank. Still got all these things whirling about from the previous day and the previous week and so on, but it's most groggy and therefore most open and supple and ready to take mm -hmm. in uh, the, the scripture and the word of God and to commune with him. So mornings have suffered and I, I need to, I need to move forward and grow in that. But I would say at the same time, moment by moment mm. throughout the day communion with God has, has greatly accelerated mm. <laughs> because I don't know what else to do. I mean, I am constantly crying out to God and communing with him. Um, I, I have to live. I'm just trying to survive. And, um, and it's a great ministry. It's a wonderful church. I don't have it nearly as hard as many, many pastors out there, but uh, the pressures are great and the, the decisions are many. And our mm. church does need to grow in some particular ways, uh, given where we are historically. And um, so I am in a, a running dialogue with the Lord. And mm. the Psalms have come to be especially significant um, to me this past year. Mm. So that's a couple thoughts anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And thanks for that. Any other lessons that you feel our listeners might benefit from? I've, I've kind of tossed out a few, mm -hmm. few areas of ministry, and, um, but uh, are, there, are there lessons learned or just challenges faced that you think might benefit someone who, is, who finds themselves in their first year or, again, maybe in their 21st year, um, but, but something Ooh. you've learned that you could pass on? Oh, man. Well, uh, someone said to me, heading into this call, Dane, if you do this, I'm 42. He said, Dane, if you do this, it's going to be 20 years of patience. Um, I, one of my besetting sins is impatience. I want things done fast, quick. I'm a, I'm a drive-through microwave kind of person. I make, this, I, 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 I make decisions nimbly, and uh, that's not hard for me. I expect quick results, and that is um, in part unmortified fleshliness on my part. And uh, uh, so I, I am just needed to constantly uh, talk myself back into patience. I mean, we've, we've heard the refrain, you can accomplish less in one year than you think you could, but more in 10 years than you think you could. That's, uh, I think that is true. It's true to life. And I want to I want to keep, I mean, I said earlier, watering the garden. I want to keep watering. And no matter, even if I don't see shoots shooting up, blossoming, flourishing, thriving garden, I want to keep watering faithfully, keep preaching the word, exposing the people to the word, praying for them and with them. Um, and, uh, and let God sort out how quickly things happen or change. I, I really want to, I mean, all through the Psalms in Isaiah, we're told to wait on the Lord. And that doesn't mean passivity, but it does. It, it's actually the, the Hebrew word that is used there. Uh, it, it speaks of a tenseness and kind of on the edge of your seat waiting, but it is waiting. Mm. 
Mm. It's waiting on the Lord. It's looking to him, fearing him, trusting in him, leaning on him, depending on him, counting on him. And that is, I mean, I'm 42. I've been walking with the Lord my whole life, pretty much. That is still deeply contra-instinctual, mm-hmm. counter-reflexive to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want fast results. And um, so I need, to, I need to keep preaching that to myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That is one of the messages of the wider culture that yeah. uh, that's right. is hard to block out and hard mm-hmm. to realize the lie that's, that's woven in it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Before we finish this conversation, this first conversation together, I wonder if there are any resources that you'd recommend for, mm. uh, for first year pastors. Maybe it's on the first year. Maybe it's, it's just on, on some, some other areas, but any recommended resources that listeners should consider? Oh, I love books and I know you do too. So I'll discipline myself to be brief here, but one, one author that comes to mind uh, is Zach Eswine. Does that, Justin, mm. do you know that name? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a pastor in, in St. Louis. Uh, he was an old seminary prof of mine um, and uh, he pastors a, a church in St. Louis and he's written several books. One that would be a great entryway into his heart that will really help first year pastors or any year pastors, but it's it's just particularly recalibrating for, for those of us who are new into our ministry um, lives is um, I think it was originally called sensing Jesus, but it was re-released and I think reduced as the imperfect pastor. And uh, it, it actually, <laughs> it picks up on what I was just saying about patience. Zach says, look, our, our culture is telling us to do everything famously, fast, and in a big way, and so on. And Zach brings us back to the biblical teaching, um, the agricultural metaphor that the Bible uses for ministry, mm-hmm. uh, to, to say, look, uh, you're not perfect and your people aren't perfect, but here's what uh, pastoral ministry looks like. And it's extremely, it's liberating mm-hmm. and correcting at the same time. So I would, um, what first comes to mind, Justin, is nudging people towards um, Zach's writings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Well, that um, brings us to the end of our conversation. Dana, I, I want to thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Justin. Thank you. And we look forward to having you again on the next episode. We're going to be talking about feeding on and preaching Galatians. So you mentioned you you guys went through Galatians this year, and we're going to try to draw out as much as we can from uh, from that experience there with your people at Naperville Press. Uh, looking forward to that. Thank you, Dane. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Justin. We're so glad you've joined us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please, in all those places, do not hesitate to reach out. Let us know how we can serve you, pray for you, serve your churches in any way possible. God bless.